Did you guys celebrate Don't Cry Over Spilled Milk Day yesterday? Oh, no. I didn't realize. <laughs> it was yesterday? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That was the, I thought you did that on purpose. Like, you released the... Oh, I had no idea. Because it, it was the week before. Like, uh, last week's on the Google was, was, yeah. Right. Oh, I'm so glad I thought of that. <laughs> you can say that you did it on purpose and then forgot about it. Yeah. Right. I definitely did it on purpose and then forgot about it. I've certainly had that thing happen before where, like, I did something, like, really good in the past and then... I go to like solve that problem again, and I get I'm like, oh yeah, oh I already did this, and I like wrote up all. I'm a freaking genius. I, like, I wrote up all the notes about this already. It's like, <laughs> all right, cool, thanks, past me. <laughs> You're welcome, future me. Mm-hmm. I've learned to coexist with my past me's and try to support my future me's in any ways that I can. <laughs> I think that's healthy. Mm, that's very uh, healthy I typically throw future me under the bus (laughs) (laughs) screw that guy pass me as well right I don't have to deal with either of these guys (laughs) at least right now I'm killing it right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh, just prepare to uh, it'll be great it'll be perfect Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. Wee! I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. <laughs> I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch in unbeatable goodness. Welcome, Pacers fans. You were listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is February 12th, 2022. This is episode 573. Company from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dial and former season ticket holder. This show, we're going to discuss an exciting 0-2 week of Pacers basketball. <laughs> what losses against the Hawks and the Cavs. And we're also going to talk about uh, a little more about the trades. We had an emergency show last week to discuss uh, a lot of it, but we got some more in the tank about that one. Joining me this show are two of our three analysts, coast to coast, like butter toast. First, from the high school's home of Jamison Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland. It's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacer fans? What is up, Undebeatable? Shout out to my brother-in-law, who will be celebrating a birthday. And to all the Valentines out there. Mm, Shout out. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. From my immediate left, (laughs) (laughs) it's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles. Also, you owe me a jingle. John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Uh, what is up, fellow Undebeatables? Uh, yeah, I'm here in person, live. I've been uh, spending uh, the day hanging out with uh, Joey's just soul-crushingly adorable chunker, <laughs> Wei Wen, um, and his lovely wife who fed me. So thank you very much. Yeah, 
It's been been good good to see you here in person. And yeah, and uh, he largely didn't cry mostly. while I was holding him. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. That's a win. That's a W. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a way win. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Hey-o. Yeah. Luckily, uh, he looks way more like Catherine than Joey. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, probably for the best. That's also a way win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we start the show, we'd like to let you know you can support us, the longest-running Pacers podcast, by heading over to patreon.com slash undebeatables. And you can support us for as little as a dollar per month. Thank you so much to everyone who's already done that. Uh, for just the price of a cup of coffee. That's <laughs> I think that's what they say when they're trying to support. Isn't that what they do when you're trying to support the uh, children and the, the starving the, yeah. kids? Starving yeah. kids, yeah. I mean, we're kind of starving kids. Um, again, <laughs> patreoncom slash undebeatables to send that sweet, sweet cash our way. So, like I said at the top, a very exciting zero and two week of basketball. Uh, last show we we talked about the, the Sunday game against Cleveland which we had lost actually we are on a we are on a tear of losses but two games this week the first one was Tuesday February 8th at Atlanta uh, okay Pacers lose this one 133 to 112 sued up eight players for this game it was the trade deadline day or, mm-hmm. or that was sorry, not the trade deadline day but the day that the Pacers had traded, did a bunch of trades. All their guys. So, yeah. oh, but they hadn't they hadn't traded Tory Craig yet. They had not. So traded he got Torrey to play Craig. one more game as a Pacer. They had game. one more, uh, one more game. Well, I'm hoping, you know, I'm if they were already in Atlanta, I'm hoping that they got to go out to the club one more time as a team. Hmm. I see. On yeah, on their way on their way out the door, they yeah. all went to the club. <laughs> to the club. <laughs> You think you think like everybody was buying uh, lap dances for Demonis Sabonis? Let's you know, let's hope so. <laughs> this game not great. We were we it, it was during on during the recording of the emergency pod, and everyone knew this game was was going poorly. It never got great. Uh, Lance Stevenson was by far our best player. Yeah, he was which great. is always fun. Almost a triple double: yeah. twenty four points, nine rebounds, eight assists. Uh, 25 points out of Duarte uh, and uh, 14 out of your your boy Goga Bataze. Oh, is my boy now? Uh, it's not mine. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> not a great one. And the uh, first game of the new look Pacers. Ah, this was last night. And I'm so excited. Pacers, they lose this one 120 to 113 again against Cleveland. But. It was a wild one. You know, the Pacers, the, the, the game starts off with a 47-point outburst in the first quarter, which was a franchise record with, I mean, not, you know, franchise players. <laughs> with guys that were brand new. Yeah, with yes. a bunch of new guys. So starting starting lineup, Buddy Heald, O'Shea Brissett, Goga Bataze, Tyrese Halliburton, and Chris Duarte. And, uh, yeah, they dropped that, largely that crew, mm, Ripped up, ripped up forty-seven points. Yeah, first, Jalen first Smith quarter. and Isaiah Jackson came in um, as well uh, in that first quarter, just to, and I think uh, Dwayne Washington Jr. Uh, but those eight guys just I mean could not miss. So a little bit, a little bit worrying. Isaiah Jackson leaves this game early before halftime. 
I don't know re-injury, how. Re-injury, maybe? Uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like it may have been re-aggravated from the one that was from previous. So hopefully this is a short-term one. Uh, on the Cleveland side, you know, they they, you know, they did a good job like recovering from. Now, they were down big early. Uh, Jared Allen was, was big this game, 22 points from him. And Karis LeVert had just been traded from our team and mm. looked like he had something to prove. And he really did. Really wanted to beat us. Yeah. Which Especially is, down the stretch. Which is fair. And he did. He, mm-hmm. he owned stretches of that game, 22 points out of him. And, and Rondo and Love coming off the bench were both big. Yeah. You know, yeah. Love was hitting threes and Rondo controlling the game. It was... Um, They're a better team than us. So, yeah. I, I think the better team won. But we saw a lot of fun stuff that game. You know, it was... The, the field house was, was excited. Rock. And Isaiah Jackson was alley-ooping. And, I don't know, like, there were a lot of good stuff. Tristan Thompson saw the floor. <laughs> that was a, exciting. That's a thing. Yeah, it happened. Got some tough rebounds. And sure. Down the stretch. You know, you know it shows you uh, how much uh, Coach uh, believed in our old team when we're down the stretch in a in a one or two possession game against, you know, like the four seed Cavs and we're playing four guys that weren't on the team team the day before. Right. <laughs> so I'm not sure how much faith he has in, uh, in the other Pacers, but uh, yeah, we ended up losing this one, but it was still very entertaining. I loved seeing these guys. Uh, Jason, did you get to see this game? I watched uh, a bit of it. Yeah. I watched the first half. Um, it was, yeah, absolutely. I mean, high energy um, sort of what, we had been missing all year, which was sort of a joie de basketball. Um, just guys out going out there and having fun and like playing emotionally and, and with a lot of effort and uh, enthusiasm, basically. I mean, it helps when you cannot, it, it, when you're basically, um, you know, the, the basket looks like the ocean and you're just filling it up. Like that's just makes life way better. You know, obviously the wheels sort of came off after that <laughs> first quarter. I mean, the shooting cooled off, and then the the discontinuity between the the players that have basically never played a minute together uh, started to show, and there was just a lot of sloppy uh, play, lots of turnovers. Yeah, it was pickup basketball. These guys don't know the plays. They're yeah. just out there. It's read-react. There were so many times where Halliburton would throw, like, a perfect pass, to a dude that was not there right. you know like it was like that guy would have been wide open if he was there yeah um stuff like that he and buddy healed worked together oh they well. did they were passing yeah he found him uh, often but it's because they played together right. for two years right um yeah healed a pretty nice game in that one 16 I thought points so as well. uh eight assists a surprising eight assists from buddy healed who uh is notoriously a black hole <laughs> like he gets the ball and he shoots basically is his job and nine rebounds, yeah. Yeah, he looked like a steal in this. Like it was like you know, I thought of him sort of as a throw-in, or we had to match salaries. And he looks like a guy who could you know, be on this team for a long time. Well, so I, I mean, we can just get right into it. I think like that—that's the hidden silver lining of this trade is you have liberated Buddy Heald from the Sacramento Kings. Like he's—he's <laughs> right. he's right. like got a whole new lease on life. He's like, wait a minute, what? Like this is great, I mean he's obviously he's he's a very inefficient scorer, and so we're gonna have to live with like watching him chuck up twenty shots to score eighteen points or whatever. But you know there will be nights when he just is you know on fire and and scores a bunch, so that could be cool. 
I think. And then the other, you, you mentioned it briefly, Colson, but uh, the Pacers pulled off another trade uh, on trade deadline day where they swapped Torrey Craig for Jalen Smith and I believe a second-round pick. Is that right? Uh, yes. Yeah, like this, a 20, 20... This year's... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So poten- potentially cash, the Mr. Irrelevant pick or whatever right so right. it'll be like the 60th pick basically but um but regardless another asset and jalen smith for those that don't know was drafted in the same draft as um tyrese halliburton was a high draft pick but then basically hasn't seen the floor for the phoenix suns and so here's another guy that we basically just liberated from uh you know basketball uh what is it when you're between Pur- heaven and purgatory? There you go. Purgatory. Yeah. Uh, basketball purgatory. Um, and he came out and showed and hit three three-pointers in the first, you know, little bit. And, you know, just looked like happy to be playing basketball, which yeah. completely well, makes I mean, sense. Because that's the thing. So. You think about it like, uh, you know, we drafted uh, Al Harrington when our team was still competing for championships, right? And he wasn't seeing any minutes um, because the Suns are competing for championships and they're not going to play a 19 year old or 20 year old kid and he shows up and just looks fantastic you know i i had uh said uh, on the on the other uh, the trade podcast that i thought we were going to make one more move for a for a young power forward to give some relief to tory craig i didn't realize that we were going to trade tory craig for the relief but uh this is the kind of what i was hoping for i mean we could have gotten a steal here you know, a guy who's got a ton of upside but just didn't have any room on the roster, and the Suns want to shore up somebody, uh, shore that position up with a with a veteran. Yeah, the only uh, uh, downside, I guess, is that Phoenix Suns made the foolish decision of not picking up the option on Jalen Smith's contract. So, if, when you draft a, right. a first rounder, it's a two year contract, and you have basically options for year three year four and then you can extend them or whatever after that and and the given the the economics of the nba it is uh foolish not to pick up the options on rookies even if you don't think they're going to play for you right like they're just super cheap and you got to fill out your roster anyway so they didn't do that so jalen smith is going to be a a free agent i think he's going to be restricted free agent though he'll be restricted yeah so we'll have a chance to match any offers that he might get. But, you know, he gets, you know, 30-some-odd games to sort of display himself well, to both the Pacers and the, the NBA. Yeah, it totally is yeah. um, as a whole. And, uh, you know, either he's going to make a bunch of money or, you know, we'll see if he fits with us and uh, and whatnot. Yeah, so he's a long dude. He's, what, 6'10 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 6'10". Um, Good three-point shooter, obviously. I think supposed to be relatively good defensively, um, but I don't know a lot about him. He's supposed to be a pretty good rebounder. Yeah, yeah, he is actually a very good rebounder. So he's the the worry is that he's somewhat redundant with Miles Turner, I guess. But if, oh, I thought you were gonna say Tristan Thompson. Yeah, uh, no, no. no. <laughs> but uh, uh, Turner might not see the floor again this year, so who knows? You know, Joey is uh, apparently over Coco Pataze. Uh, you're no longer Gaga for Goga. I'm not Gaga for Goga uh, anymore. Just because he got in foul trouble in this game? No, not because he got in foul trouble. This is, you know, I just don't think he's, you know, he he has flashes of of playing well, but he is just not. He's not producing out there. 
not bringing it together, huh? No. I mean, you know, we watch, like, you know, look, it's it's one possession, but, like, you know, this guy's got to be, he's got to be making an impact on the minutes he gets on the floor, you know. And, I look, I know, like, this past game was, you know, there's some pickup basketball stuff going on because no one knows anybody, you know, but... Goga's running down the middle of the lane and just you know gets hit in the stomach with a ball with a basketball. Yeah. You know it's like, you know, yeah. You're not enough for your defense guy. Like, <laughs> um, so so the lineup of uh, I thought uh, Halliburton, uh, Heald, Duarte, Jalen Smith, and Isaiah Jackson was very exciting. And oh, yeah. those guys those guys are all kids outside of uh, Heald, um, who's. 29 inexplicably. How long has he been in the league? Seems like forever. Oh, God. How is he that old? Anyway. He also looks old. He's one of those guys that yeah. has an old <laughs> face, kind of. So. It's an old it's confusing. soul. Yeah. Old soul. But, I mean, you look at this and you go, you start to see the shape of something, you know? And, and you know, I know Brogdon and, and um, Turner. Brogdon's are, gone, by the way. I mean, not yeah. yet. You're saying this is the end of Brogdon? I mean, we we brought in his replacement in Halliburton. Apparently, Pritchard did say he was looking for a guy that could lead this team for ten years, and he was he feel like he's done that. I love Brogdon when he's on the floor, but he can't lead this team for ten games because right. he can't be on the floor because he gets hurt. Do you think Brogdon and Halliburton could play in the backcourt together? I mean, Brogdon cannot stay healthy. <laughs> that's I mean that's my complaint. Okay, they absolutely could. Okay, I mean I don't know that they. I mean the thing is is. Brogdon is much more of a slow it down guy, and right. watching this this uh, Halliburton kid, we're just running up and down the floor. I mean, they're not yeah, they're not waiting for anything. No. So, so I don't know if they'll fit in the backcourt together. I mean, they both share the ball. They're both good shooters. It's nice. They're both long. I mean, it's nice to have people with different skill sets on the floor. Right. You know, you know some of the like some of the teams will do this like your turn, my turn kind of thing, like. You know, and just kind of go back, you know, whatever, whatever's working or whatever fits, you just, you know, or you can just use it in different situations. Like, where, you know, let, let, let Brogdon run it when you're looking to take control or let, let, you know, Halliburton run it when you're, you know, trying to land a military contract, you know, like. <laughs> Good replacement. <laughs> uh, the... <laughs> I feel like that's a dangerous thing. I feel like that's like going along the lines of like, um, you know, a team that has two quarterbacks backs has no quarterbacks right, yeah. right like like if you want to give the guys the keys to the car to run your team like give them the keys to the car don't be like you get to run the show 75 percent of the time but then you know in crunch time or whatever we want our veteran guy handling the ball i mean teams do that to some degree but like it's like uh, if you're in brooklyn yeah, you don't not we're not gonna let you play but if you're outside of brooklyn that's fine yeah <laughs> well i mean uh they they played Rondo down the stretch in Cleveland last night because he was he's the veteran and he was kicking our butts. Um, but I see what you're saying, Jason. That's that's if yeah. if Halliburton's the future, then just let Halliburton be the future. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it so, seems like he might be. I mean, I don't know like you you could imagine a situation where, you know, Brogdon plays two guard and is perfectly happy sure. to play two guard or whatever. Like you know he's a decent shooter and can move off ball and he's, got those he's a very good shooter. You know he can he can play you know create when he needs to and stuff like that. So, um, and then just let Halliburton do the work of setting the table and making sure everybody's involved and getting the you know getting to eat when they're hungry and right. all that good stuff. So, um, 
Yeah, I don't know, but it seems like overall, I didn't watch the press conference with the Pritchard or whatever, but you know, this you know is a hard reset on the timeline for this franchise, right? And you know, who knows if not that Brogdon is old, but you know, he might not be too interested in you know kicking it around a team and like helping young dudes like well i guess duarte's not that young but uh experience wise <laughs> he's 22 duarte and halliburton duarte duarte's like 27 no, no, no. he's like 24 isn't 25 you know so we've got all these young right. horses now that like definitely want to give some burn right i guess halliburton is the main one and duarte it seems like jackson is you know earning himself some minutes and then you know we're gonna have you know three essentially three first round picks right, right? so those guys you will probably want to get in and and get them going well and so. i assume yeah I, we assume one of those draft picks is going to be high uh unless we start accidentally winning games with all these young excited players well yeah no i was telling joe like the the game last night was exactly what you want to yes. see you want to get excited and see potential of like wow i can see flashes of like this working brilliantly and then just fall apart down the stretch and lose those games yeah, like, I was kidding, you know? yeah no yeah joe you were real concerned about us winning yeah. that game i mean you know the thing is like we you know we we made all these trades and, and for what to win games like no get out of here <laughs> I, I i i talked to my parents today they were very upset that we'd lost that game. They were like, it was such a great start. And I was like, no, this is what you want. You want to you have this much fun watching a game and us still lose. Yeah, I mean, you want to have a few games where you like are building confidence right. and you win. Uh, but like, we want to lose three out of four yeah, games. You don't want like, a that's culture of losing. Right. I don't, yeah, I, I don't want, right. I don't want, you know, these these guys that we're, we're you know, building with. I don't, want, I don't want them to have a broken spirit. I don't want them to, yeah, feel like there's a culture of losing you know no that's it exactly i mean i i mean you go out and try to compete and win every game i mean the just the the issue with young teams is like they just don't know how to win in the stretch or whatever turns out that our veteran laden <laughs> team also didn't know how to well, win in stretch. Jason, this is exactly so, my point right like that's nba basketball <laughs> like, this, is, like, this is what like, i wanted if i was going to have a losing team you know i want exactly, young guys that exactly there's right. some hope for as opposed to a bunch of veterans yeah. that are supposed to be good at basketball and still can't win down the stretch. I'd rather them figure out how to learn to get better than, um, you know, and, and, and root for that as opposed to watch these guys that should know better just crumble. <laughs> Based on all of these moves, right, you know, hard reset, you know, not exactly going full um, process mode or Oklahoma City mode. Like, I think they're they're trying to do this in a quick turnaround type of way. How do you think Rick Carlisle is feeling about all of this? Like, is he going to be on board for uh, guiding this team over the next, you know, three to four years and shaping it into a a championship level team? I got to feel like his, his fingerprints are on this. You know, you think so? I I mean, I'd hope so. You know, you know, he's look, he's, well respected and I mean within well, across the league but of course within our organization and I've got to feel like they that he had they didn't do anything without 
consulting him. I mean, maybe not all the, spe- you know, maybe not every specific move, but I mean, I feel like he's got to be, you know, he, he, because the thing is, like, you wouldn't want him to feel like he got the rug pulled out from underneath right. him, you know? So, right. And they just brought him in. It was, I mean, it was a, it was a good land to, to pull, you know, Carlisle in as the coach. So, you, you know, he's somebody else you got to keep. One of the coaches that matter. He's one of the coaches that matter. You know, he's somebody you want to keep happy. So, I mean, I feel like he's. The scuttlebutt was he was really high on Halliburton and wanted Dallas to get him in the yeah, yeah, yeah. that draft or whatever. So, so I mean, that's I, I sort of feel like he's. He, he, I'm, I'm I'm guessing he's you know around you know because the thing is if they can do like you say like a sort of quicker turnaround, it's not going to be you know five years before they're competitive. You know, it'll be. A, a shorter period of time where he can guide this whole process, hopefully, you know, on, sure. the, on the floor. So follow-up question then. Do you think that Carlisle's up to the task of taking a, a ragtag bunch of young guys, teaching them how to play basketball in the NBA and becoming competitive? Cause it's not something that he has done in the past done basically in his very illustrious career. Right. He's definitely taken ragtag groups and put them together. He's definitely taken ragtag groups, that's for sure. Uh, yes. But yeah, and, and, and he tends to have success with uh, point guards in general. So the fact that maybe Halliburton is under his wing could be a really good thing. Yep. But, but you're right, there's not a long track record of him developing young teams into other teams. He usually goes out and get veterans and doesn't play the young guys. Mm-hmm. But I... I, I He's got to feel some relief in the same way that I do, right? Like, I I love the Pacers, and every time I lose a guy, every time somebody's traded or cut or whatever, I'm always sad because I root for these guys. But I was honestly just relieved. I was relieved to have all these, these names shuffled and off the deck because this was a freaking miserable, miserable season. One of the most miserable seasons I remember um, because, you know, these guys should have been better and nobody seemed to give a shit. And I just, I, I was having trouble watching it. And so he's probably was feeling the same way about coaching that team. You know, why sure. isn't this working? Why isn't this working? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let's get in some young blood, some fresh blood and see what happens. I, yeah, I yeah. want to turn on the TV now. Whereas before I was, I was just over watching the team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now you've got guys that are trying to uh, make their way in the league and willing to soak up, whatever knowledge they can from coaching staffs and all that stuff in order to make it happen. Right. And that's a much different thing than, you know, I guess we had this conversation with this team. I guess it was a few years back. It was the Oladipo and Sabonis and Turner and, and, and those guys and Bogdanovich. Mm -hmm. And we had a conversation about like how, what makes this team work is that all of the guys feel like they've been either overlooked or are still trying to make their name in the league. They're all hungry. They're all very hungry, right? And this latest iteration, um, not that they're not great basketball players, but they're not hungry. Like, or I mean, they're hungry for different things, maybe, or something like that. Like, they've established themselves in the NBA. They're all making $20 million a year. Like, Mm -hmm. the motivation to... and, And they're all staring at, you know, another five to ten years in league regardless right they're they're that level of talented player like they're not gonna get booted out of the league so like there was no proving themselves and then once you get to a situation where you're like 
the the shot at the playoffs, uh, let alone the championship, are like basically out the window. Like those guys have nothing to to play for. It's very hard to motivate them. I think to yeah. to to go out and play hard. Yeah, I would think. But well, I mean that's what we saw at the very least. Right. Exactly. Uh, speaking of that, Joe, we forgot to do my champagne of poems. Oh, oh that's I, right. I tried to skip by it and i did but uh, you caught me <laughs> uh so this is my uh this week's um haiku life champagne of poems corner when you see your ex happy you are allowed to have mixed emotions hoping that was about karis lavert mm. it was okay as i was actually i actually wrote it uh, this is actually it's not true I, it was about Christopher, but I wrote it after the uh, watching the Sacramento Kings Kings game uh, with uh, Sabonis and like Fox like hugging and like having a good time and um, Lamb being just brilliant off the bench for them and stuff. And I was like, okay, these guys just are really happy to be outside of the Pacers team, uh, even though they yeah. went to Sacramento right. and they had a great time and they won the game. And then two days later, I'm watching Karis Levert just, I mean shot by shot by shot in the fourth quarter just taking us down and relishing in it and chest bumping all his guys um it it really hurt that these guys are happy to be away from us um but i'm also happy for them that's why it's mixed emotions that's right yeah i mean in some ways i guess they were also freed from basketball purgatory right we have been that for them this season basketball purgatory even though you know they were potentially part of the problem I mean, yeah, but yeah, group dynamics is a is a strange beast. No, no, right? I agree. So, I mean, like, yeah. yeah, it's not any one of those individuals is necessarily a problem child. We, and, you know, we talked about this or whatever, but for some reason, the the juju in that locker room just wasn't working, and so to extract oneself from that situation into a new situation, especially if you're Levert, and now you're going to this really fun and hungry and you know you know, playing well above their expectation um, Cavs team. Yeah, like that's got to be just fun. And he's from Ohio. Yeah. Oh. I mean, the way I see it now is, is here's the guys I blame for the problems. (laughs) Karis LeVert. Okay. Demonis Sabonis. Okay. Jeremy Lamb. Okay. uh, Torrey Craig. Torrey Craig definitely was a big problem. The worst. And Justin Holliday. Spasali, for sure. He was definitely not the adult in the room. He was just, he was just trying to screw everything up. So, I mean, that's that's just. I'm glad we got rid of the troublemakers. Yes, that's that's my just my opinion. Wow, what an overhaul of this no. roster! Have we and seen I, this before I, in uh, Pacers history, Colson? Your well, like you guys were saying, this is the biggest biggest trade by weight. <laughs> yeah, so we moved uh, we moved four also, players in 2002. Also oh, by volume, right? Yeah. right. Uh, we, it was the, the uh, Ron Artest, test, Brad Miller. Yeah. Uh, we traded away uh, Jalen Rose and, and uh, Travis Best and a bunch of fodder. Okay, so that's the closest um, thing. That's the closest thing I can ever remember. I mean, it's the it's the biggest trade by volume. And also, we didn't do trades on either side of that. So, like on on some level, this is definitely the biggest uh, trade deadline ever for us. 
as far as how many people have been moved. So many, so many years that just nothing happened, you know, mm-hmm. and you wanted something. Right. And then they just packed Or it there was the years like we're just tinkering to tinker, like let's uh, let's trade Danny Granger and blow up the Come team. On, let's get an avatar. Come on. I'll do it. This one has to chip. <laughs> get punched in the mouth by Lance is what you're going to get. <laughs> Oh, how much fun was Lance having last oh, night? Oh, man, dude, the guitar, like... I, just just all the time. Oh, I mean, yeah. I think he was, like, on full guitar, on the bench, on the floor, yeah. arguing with the refs. He was chest-bumping everybody. He was high-fiving all the <laughs> new guys. Like, he's just... He's the guy I want on my team. Because he was like, hey, look, I don't know you, but I'll pass you that ball. Yeah. And we're going to have a good time. I play basketball. B- before I've heard from him, and sort of about him, that he is just like... If you're on his team, he is... 100% about you and if you are not go to hell so Demond yeah. Sabonis is now like he's totally against dead him, to no? him <laughs> at best at best oh my goodness well I don't know if we talked about the games this week but uh, a little bit yeah we I talked mean, about I, them as much as we should fair enough uh, this is I, I think this is incredibly exciting um, yep I, I really do see the shape of something here I see the shape of the future um you know, if we continue to lose at this rate, we're going to have a top, you know, six or seven pick, um, and and then a, another couple picks in the late uh, late first round, early second yeah. round, and um, and then you kind of look around and say, hey, um, is Brogdon still for this team? If not, what can we get for him? And then just move forward. So, yeah, and we'll get to see how these guys all learn to play together and how this all thing this whole thing takes shape. Uh, starting this week, it's sort of a shortish week. Uh, we're recording on Saturday, so the Pacers actually have a game on Sunday. So apologies that we're not going to review that for you, but there is a uh, football to be watched on Sunday, so we will not be recording that. Uh, the Pacers will play the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, in the afternoon. That's a three o'clock game at home. Uh, baby races likely. Yes. Uh, Tune for in for the game. baby Joe, races for sure. Yeah, mm. how's uh, how's Way Winnet crawling right now? I mean, if if we got uh, the floor greased up pretty good, we could slide him or something. <laughs> yeah. but he has no mobility, limit limited mobility, I'd say. Uh, and then Tuesday, Pacers travel to Milwaukee to take on the Bucks, mm. and then Wednesday back in the Fieldhouse taking on the Washington Wizards, who also did a bunch of things at the trade deadline. So. Who knows what's going on with that? They got Christos Porzingis for some reason. Huh. Yep. I don't know what they're doing. Um, I, so I'm calling uh, two and one. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think this team is young. It's hungry. Uh, Minnesota's better than us, but I think we're going to beat them because uh, it's the afternoon game and we have the baby race juice. And then <laughs> uh, and then Washington. And the guys again, may have home. learned, like... Uh, play but then <laughs> right, exactly okay. and then uh the washington game uh washington's terrible screw those guys uh we could we could yeah. uh we could play eight guys and still like, what's the what's the over under for turnovers in that washington game like both teams have new oh. point guards uh <laughs> washington traded away all of their point guards they traded away Let's Denwitty go, uh, and Aaron 50 Holliday. 50 is the over under what do you want to take <laughs> I'll take the slight oh. under. I think it's like under, okay. I think each team has twenty plus turnovers. Yeah, I'll take a I'll take a three and a week. I think that we Ooh, we're gonna, you're gonna you surprise know. Milwaukee. Are we? Yeah, I mean, 
How do you how do you do a scouting report? That's true. You cannot. What do you got? No one has ever seen this team play. I mean, what, you, you got a, you got tape for days on Terry Taylor. You don't. <laughs> He's gonna take you into the birdhouse. <laughs> into the birdhouse. This feels like a, a one and two week for me, and then uh, okay. Are, are we winning that Washington game then? Uh, sure. Yeah, let's win that Washington game. Um. So yeah. speaking of, uh, well, that means Harper's taking the the zero and three. Come yeah, on, Harper. he always takes always. the zero and three. Get some, get some, have some faith. <laughs> Even though he won last week, because he did win last week. Yeah. Um, I have a, a a couple some nickname news. Ooh. Oh, um, so I was I was looking into uh, the nicknames of the guys uh, that we've just uh, just brought on. So it's whether they needed to earn a nickname from us or whether they already brought one. Uh, Jalen Smith, apparently, his AAU coach called him Sticks, uh, S-T-I-X, and that has stuck, and most people refer to him as Sticks. Mm. Uh, it's because he was really thin and, and bony. Um, so that's a pretty solid nickname. I'm not sure we need to rename him. Pretty solid. Um, yeah. But but my favorite story is uh, Buddy Healed. So Buddy is not actually his uh, given name. It's uh, it was a Chavano Rainier, Sh- yeah, Chavano, Chavano, Sh- uh, Rainier. Um, but when he was born, he was apparently red, and so his neighbor, who was his also his aunt, came over and was like, "He looks like uh, Bud Bundy from uh, Married with Children," and so they started calling him Bud because he was a red baby. And then, but apparently there was a uh, a drug dealer in the neighborhood also called Bud, so they tried to soften a little bit with Buddy. And since he was two months old, he's been referred to as Buddy. And so that's a solid reason to have a nickname, because that's kind of the way we would give a nickname. <laughs> that sounds like very similar to the way that Undegoogables or Undebeatables would give you a nickname. Right. And so I think we should stick with Buddy, and he's fine. Um, or we could just call him by his given name. Shivano. Shivano, yeah. I like Rainier, too. That's lovely. Right. He's Rainier is Raining Threes. Mount Rainier. There's some stuff to work. There's, I, I thought, some sad news on the, the nickname front for uh, Halliburton, though. Mm. Double double machine. Yeah. No, we'll fix that. Fix it. Oh, that's right. Double double. It's terrible. I really liked your joke that I I laughed over uh, Jason last week was the uh, Are we going to call him Blackwater? Which is a uh, funny joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll we'll come up with something. Yeah. Uh, Halibut's a fish. True. <laughs> See, it's already starting. Okay. He's from uh, I wanna watch Wisconsin. Up. Should we call him overalls? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, I'm so excited. He is uh, Eddie Jones' cousin, according to uh, Basketball Reference. Hmm. Eddie Jones? Like the, the basketball player? Uh-huh. Oh, also, Joey, you have some information about his jersey number. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he... So, apparently, Halliburton picked zero because he played... When he played 2K, he played with C.J. Miles, and he said he killed it with C.J. Miles. So, uh, that was one of the reasons he's picked... Z- like, he's picked zero in general. Was because because C.J. Miles. Miles was zero as a pacer. Yeah. So... Yeah. How, do, how do I not love this guy? So, already... He's, he's, I think you do. I think okay. I do too. I, I think, think you and I are going to have to fight for his love. Like, <laughs> that sounds is, healthy. Yeah, <laughs> it's competition. 
No, but I mean, look, this kid. This kid is. Uh, it's what Darwin loves. Want, you know, CJ Miles on MVK2. He's also a leap day baby. <gasps> what? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Born on February 29th, two thousand. So he's really only like twelve or something. Not yes, even that's, that. That's how that works. <laughs> he's five. Yeah, five. he'd be like five yeah. every four years. Yeah, every four yeah. years you get a birthday. Oh, also, I want to say, okay, just real quickly, I got a lot of flack from the fans because I said that um, Ty- uh, uh, Tyrese Halliburton was 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually 21. Of course, his birthday is on the 29th. What I did was I Googled his birthday, and it said February you know, 2000, and so I just assumed it was already his birthday. I apologize. He's mm-hmm. still 21, but he's going to be 22 any moment, although he won't be because it's not a leap year, but you know yeah. what I'm saying. I just, you know, I don't need all the tweets. Fans. I get <laughs> it. I made a mistake. I did sloppy research. Just get off my back. It's just, this show is for fun. I just don't like don't that. Don't fact we, check me. I just don't like that we have to print out the <laughs> tweets and hand them to you. It's the only way you're going to get them. All right. Yeah. Good thing that um, now we can. Uh, jailbreak those canon printers so you don't have to pay as much for ink anymore i know thank god thank god that's where they get you that was really so much patreon money going to toner (laughs) so that colson can read tweets yep (laughs) but then you guys but you have to draw into pictures for me too yeah that's well for the tiktok account i've got to do one of those like little flip books. Make you. a flip book. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly Fair right. Enough. <laughs> All right, team. I think that will wrap it up for this show. We'll be back with you on Thursday, hopefully with you know they're fun, but hopefully with no emergency podcast in between. But maybe, maybe you know there could be a there could be a good reason for that. What would what would be the reason? Well, maybe like you know. Maybe. Lance gets another triple double and mm-hmm. you know does some hip thrusts. Like I do a show for that. Okay, yeah, I do that too. Call yeah. Me Until then, you can hit us up on social media, not TikTok. Just yeah, we don't have the budget for it, but uh, we're on Twitter at Undebeatables, Facebook dot com slash the Undebeatables. The website is the Undebeatables dot com. There's a contact form there. You can use that to send us a message. And our email address, shout out at the unbeatables.com. For the architect, Donnie Walsh, and our once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Sucliner. Turn out the lights aboard, he's over. Is this a rebuilding year for you? <laughs> I'm. I'm... <laughs> Traded up for some new vocal stylings, but they still don't know how to work together. <laughs> they don't know yet. how to work together. Sure. That's yeah. sure. um, it's it's sort of like it's the big tank. It's it's been a long. It's been like six or seven years of me rebuilding. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the process. It's the process. Right. The process. <laughs> Deep into the process. And so you have one, like, one uh, vocal cord that's like the James Harden, right? Oh no, we haven't even gotten that far. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 going it's going poorly. Oh, I see. <laughs> the rebuild see. is going poorly. Every time I draft, I'm I'm getting a bunch of guys that it's like a bunch of Nerlens Noels and stuff. Like it's just not, not not turning out for me. Huh? 
It works out eventually. Does it, Joey? <laughs> I don't know, actually. <laughs>